Gentlemen, welcome to the Be Man Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Denning. I'm the creator and coach of the Be The Man Masterclass and Tribe, which is getting some seriously awesome upgrades right now as we speak. And there's some cool things coming just to help help us get totally dialed in, right? Where we have the accountability systems and the tracking systems. We have the camaraderie where you get you get all those puzzle pieces in place. You guys know this because it just works, man. When you have accountability, when you have tracking, when you have measurements, when you have the right tools and tactics, it's so much easier to get things done. And, and you guys know that because anytime you've done a project and you don't have the right tool or you're trying to use a, a little hand tool when there's a power tool available for it, you're like, oh man, this would be so much faster and more effective with the right tools and the right tactics and, and having a coach there to help you do it too. So anyways, man, excited for the things we got going on uh, with that great group of men. All right, fellas. So I got something on my mind right now and and I just want to just grab a microphone because I was thinking about it. I've been writing about it, having conversations about it. I'm like, I just, I got to turn on the mic and share some of these thoughts and I, I would love to have some dialogue. Again, you guys can always uh, jump in like in Spotify or in Anchor. You can share me a message or share a message with me or no. Even you can do, leave an audio message or whatever. Or you can reach out on um, Instagram at greg.denning or Facebook. Or shoot me an email at greg at gregdenning.com. Just, just reach out and, and engage in this dialogue. Because I really want to wrap my head around it. And I want to kind of raise... Well, it's going to come out today like as a warning voice, Right? where I'm, I'm kind of raising a warning and, and you might think it seems a little pessimistic or a little dark or a little gloomy or a little fearful. And, and I want to assure you, it's not, it's not fearful in that, like, uh, it's a reaction to fear, but fearful in that, yeah, we, there are things we should absolutely be afraid of. And there are some, some things happening around the world. And I think are going to be happening a lot closer to home that we should be afraid of. And the fear shouldn't overpower us. It should prepare us. And I guess that's what I'm after here today. So have you ever had those experiences? I'm sure you have, where it almost seems coincidental. I think it's providential or divinely orchestrated, where you have a series of experiences back to back or in a short time, it seems a little bit compressed. And it really adjusts the lens that you're looking through, like that, that metaphorical lens that, with which you see the world. And so you, have, you go have an experience and you come back, you're like, okay, wow, that changed the way I'm looking at life or at this thing or at the world or at my kids or, or business, whatever. You can go to a, a business event. You can read a book. You can, man, you go to a funeral, right? Somebody you love passes away. Or you go have, uh, maybe you have a near-death experience or a scary experience. Or you go to a museum and it, it changes your whole understanding and paradigm. And, and when you come out of that, your mind is attentive to certain things, right? Because it it's the reticular activating system. I think it's what it's called, the RAS. Then it starts noticing all kinds of things. And so it happens to all of us, right? You, you get into some, or even in your line of field, if you're deep into your line of work, if you're a dentist or you're an orthopedic surgeon for sports or you're uh, an attorney or a teacher, like wherever you are, you're deeply immersed in your field. And so you see those things, right? They become 
uh, more important, almost like the, the mind begins to weigh things out. And, and those things, because because you're deeply in it, become more important and obvious to you. And so you see things and you, you think from that framework. I, I do the same thing, right? Whatever, whatever we're in is kind of what we see. And that's, what, that's the beauty and power, especially of having a, a brotherhood and a group of people you can do life with who are coming with all kinds of different perspectives. Um, I love to say that none of us is as smart as all of us. And, and just from your background and your experiences, you see things differently. So if you've been through a divorce, you're going to see things differently. If you've lost a child, you're going to see things differently. If you've been farming or ranching, you're going to see things differently than someone who's always lived in a big city. And that's the beauty of it all. We can catch these different perspectives, and there's so much to learn from each other. And like Emerson said, that every person is is my superior in some way, and in that way I can learn from them. And, and I love that, and I believe that. There's so much to learn. So there's something that's been on my mind because of the experiences we've had recently. We're, we're in Europe right now. I'm actually in uh, still in Vienna. And we... So we... We've been through, I think, 11 or 12 countries now in the last couple of months, and it's just been awesome. So you get this whirlwind effect, right? And you get to see a lot of different culture and places and big cities and countries and mountainsides and, and all these beautiful things. So from anything from you know Helsinki, Finland, to the Dolomites in Italy, just the most stunning, jagged, rocky peaks of the, the Italian Alps. And man, that place has justly earned its reputation. It is stunningly beautiful in there. And we we also did going through, so we went through Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and Poland. And there was a lot, and, and Austria, there was a lot of World War II specific things in there. And actually, actually World War One, and and then we went to these museums and we went to the cities and we learned about the history. I mean, like Warsaw, for example, was just leveled, just massacre, blood running in the streets many times. It wasn't just in World War II. It happened before that and before that and before that, where it was burned to the ground and destroyed and they attacked by this conquering army back hundreds and hundreds of years, some, in some cases, thousands of years. Which, which is really incredible, right? You start thinking about that. We went to the Museum of War History, which was spectacular. I was blown away by that. And it walks you through and like, man, when, when you go through there, again, here, this is exactly what I'm talking about. If you're out here and you're living in very peaceful place in very peaceful times, and occasionally you catch something on the news, you hear about a war in a far off distant place and you're like, oh, that's too bad. But your life has been peaceful and good and you've never experienced war. It's so easy to get thinking that it'll stay that way and that you, you'll, you'll be untouched or unaffected by it. Especially in certain time periods. If you guys haven't read the book, The Fourth Turning, or at least watched videos, there's some great videos explaining it on YouTube and online. Learn about the fourth turning. 
And his premise is here, it's very fitting for this conversation. His premise is that there's, there's a turning or a change every, about every 20 years, and give or take some years. But about every 20 years, there's a new generation. And the new generation grows up without the experience and perspective and reality of the previous one. And so whatever the previous one experienced, that kind of shapes their life and, and how, who they were raised by, right? You're raised by the people who had a different experience at a different time. And so there's a turning every 20 years. And so about every 80 years, there's a fourth turning. There's a total turnover in society. And it's usually chaotic. And, and for the last 500 plus years of Western civilization, every 80 years, there's been a huge war. It's, it, there's always been a big turnover with war. And, and it's just this pattern because by the time you get to that fourth generation, they forgot what it was like and things are chaotic and there's ton. Again, the, the cycles and the patterns and the psychology of each turning, it's unbelievable. And it's like it's shockingly uh, related and clear. Like when you step back and you're like, oh my goodness, this, these exact same things were happening 80 years ago. Are happening again today but then you know the things that happened so in my childhood so 20 years ago were happening you know a hundred years ago so like it just follows this pattern it's 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 crazy but when you see it you realize oh man it makes so much sense and the people who lived in times of peace just they become complacent and and they think well man this is just the way things are this is the way life is and, and, and I've done that too, and I'm, I'm sure in many ways I'm still doing it. But that's extremely dangerous in that it, it makes us vulnerable and naive. It is so naive to think that just because it's been that way for a while that it's going to continue that way. And, and all you have to do is study, dig into some history, and you realize, yeah, that's, it's super naive. And what's interesting is like every generation that has peace they think, oh, well, not, now it's going to continue. Now it's going to go on. Like this time will be different, but the pattern just keeps happening. And that's part of why it happens because that, that generation that thinks, oh, no, this is great. Everything's great. Life's fantastic. There's no trouble. This, wow, this is amazing. And it just keeps going. And we get, we get caught in these, these realities because we want it to be peaceful. We want it we want the economy just to keep climbing indefinitely, especially in the United States. We, we've gotten caught in this consumerism and, and the growing economy that, that it just keeps growing and growing and growing and expanding. And it's, like, it's a never-ending consumerism, which if you just stop and think for a minute, that's actually not possible. It, you, it, an, an economy that's completely built on ever-increasing consumption isn't possible. And yet that's what we want. And that's, that's all our metrics. And that's what we're going for. And everyone's measuring, like, just keep consuming, keep consuming. And, like, at some point, it just won't work. Um, and in Rachel and I, there's this uh, really fascinating book just came out. I can't remember the title of the book right now. And we listened to a podcast interview uh, with the author, just a sharp, sharp thinker, big uh, financial, global, big picture thinker. And he's saying, look, man, we, we've slipped into this society that's um, predominantly services-based and has broken away. So like on a government level, an economic level, and a social level, it's broken away from fundamental, um, real, tangible, valuable things, right? Real, real assets. 
And so we're, and, it, and we have, it's really fascinating. Like we're in this economy and this society now where like we're, we're exchanging money and time and stuff for all these things that, that aren't even tangible. They're not, they're not even real. And it's, it's, it's all like, it's an all an idea, which is, it's pretty fascinating. It's super cool. But that's only going to be super cool and fascinating is if that's sustainable and it won't be disrupted. And if you go back through the cycles and patterns of history, which he, he goes through and digs through all this, like, yeah, that, that doesn't always work out because there will come a point of crisis. And when it comes, like the only thing that's going to be really valuable are like tangible things. So again, these principles. And then <clears throat> I recently read the, the Principles for a Changing World Order by Ray Dalio. And then, you know, like I was saying, being in specific places, going, taking my kids. And we led a trip and we went to Auschwitz, the concentration camp outside of um, Krakow, Poland. And you're being there in the exact place where over a million people were murdered just for being Jew. And that wasn't the first time that those massacres happened. And then, you know, we're, we're reading about, see, you see what I'm saying? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to tell these different angles of why this is on my mind right now. And of course, you know, input determines output. I, I get that. So I, I happen to come across podcasts and read certain books and have certain experiences. So it's bringing that to my mind. It's, it's affecting the lens I'm looking through. And so I, I want to share what I'm seeing through my lens because I, I fully realize like most of you may not be looking through that exact lens right now. The, the chances of us having the exact same experiences and seeing through the same lens is rare. That's why it's so valuable to, for you to be listening. So kudos to you for listening and why I love having the discussions and the dialogue we have, um, particularly in, in, the, in the Be The Man tribe and these other places where I get, a, I get to see from the lens you're looking through. And you get to see through the lens I'm looking through. We get to learn from each other. But I want to share this lens because, man, I feel super strongly that we have a need to kind of wake up a little bit and get prepared. Um, I, I sense this feeling because I was just reading voraciously and talking to people and seeing what's going on and kind of stepping back, trying to see the big picture across time and space. So looking at the globe um, as a whole, where, you know, I've been able to travel extensively now to like 55 countries, and having been through 12 countries very recently, you get it, it's palpable. And to do it quickly like that, it is palpable to see and feel and, and like you can actually feel it and to experience the differences in culture and mindset and tradition and, and like actions, values, habits, patterns. You, you get to see it and it's to go to this city, to this city, to this country, to this country, like, whoa. And if you're super observant, you get to see the outcomes, right? And I've been, I've been studying habits and patterns for over 25 years. And I'm to a place now where like, you tell me your habits, I can tell you your future. I can see those outcomes and so I go into it a city or a culture or uh, the countryside or a country, whatever. And, and I can see it. I can see it playing out. And then you ask the right questions and people are like, well, yeah, you know, here we think like this, we do this, and, and this is the outcome. And you can see it all there. And so and then you, you take what's happening in Russia. And, and there's some pretty crazy, crazy things happening in Russia that are 
eerily similar to the Gulag Archipelago, which you should all read. It's a very, very difficult read, but everyone should read it. Everybody should read it because the risk of forgetting that that happened about 80 years ago is the risk that it's going to happen again. And and the similarities of, of what would happen back then are happening now, it's unbelievable. And then you have the war in Ukraine, and that's not going away. But we, we, we forget about it, right? Oh, it's, yeah, there's a war still going on, and, and but we go on about our lives, right? Understandably, because you get up and you're like, okay, I gotta, I still got to get food, I still got to do work, still got to spend time with my family, take my wife on a date, and still go to church and, and play sports and do these things. And, and we just go on. And I think it's easy for us to forget that that's still happening day in and day out. And we forget to deeply consider what it means for the rest of us, especially now the world is more global. So then you got some funky stuff going on with China and whatever. <laughs> and again, and then you have the cartels, right, that are just all out taking over sections of Mexico with firepower, just coming in with massive amounts of money and firepower and f directly fighting back, just killing innocent people, attacking the military, attacking the police, just going nuts. And those guys are moving across the border. And there, there's videos of that. There's all kinds of evidence of it. I mean, they are coming across the border um, in, in with just to dominate and own like gangs and drug uh, drug circles and rings. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. So again, and I, I'm pointing all these things out. You're just I'm just getting bits and pieces. And then, as as some of you know, like I have have felt this has been for like ten or twelve years. I have felt this deep, deep need to somehow participate and be involved in anti-human trafficking, just to be a part, an advocate, right? Uh, an ambassador. I just really want to, I, if there's something I could do, I want to be involved in stopping this because there's an estimated 300, I, I saw two different numbers. One was 300 million. The other was 500 million that there's three to 500 million people right now, that, right now at this moment that are being trafficked as humans. Let that sink in. 300 to 500 million people across across the globe are are slaves many of them are sex slaves and many of them are children it's a gigantic problem and again most of the listeners um, I think are still in the United States and so I'll share relevant relevant information there the the United States as a country is the from what I have been told and, and the research I've done and, and people I know that are you know working in that industry to put a stop to it. The U.S. is the third worst country, like meaning happening inside of the country, right? We often think, oh man, that's terrible. It must be happening in those far off places where there it's just chaos and mayhem and corrupt government, and all these terrible things. When you realize, well, wait a minute, no, it's it's the it's the third. Uh, worst country, but what's interesting, Americans are the top consumers, especially of like um, sex trafficking. Americans are the top consumers worldwide, so they will travel outside of the U.S. to participate in this wretched 
wretched, horrible problem. But the, it's third for it happening inside of our country. Um, and number one is, for states, number one, as I understand it, is California, and then two is Texas, and three is Florida, right? So this is happening right under our noses. I recently heard a story of a, of a young woman. Uh, she got in an Uber. She woke up a couple days later, four states over, and she was inside a shipping container. Well, luckily, she had taken her phone and stuffed it in her bra, and then, you know, somehow they gave her some kind of chemical or whatever, and she was out cold, and they took her four states in an, in an Uber, and ends up four states over, and in a shipping container was going to be, you know, sold or raped or, or murdered or whatever, and luckily, she had her phone, so she called, and she was able to get rescued. But, I mean, these stories are, are going on and on and on, and... You know, the, I, I get to, again, I'm trying to share my lens here. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are in the military and special forces and who are uh, police officers and, and on SWAT specifically and who, who are out fighting crime. And so I get to hear these stories regularly. These are real life stories, gentlemen. And some of you know what I'm talking about. You're like, yeah, you get it. But some of you, like me, used to be in this I'll call it a bubble because we, we like the bubble, dude. <laughs> I like the bubble. I want to live in the bubble. I want, I want to raise my kids in the bubble. I wish, you know, I, I don't like this stuff. I, I hope I'm wrong. I genuinely hope I'm wrong that, that all these, this, this darkness is coming, but it's already happening. The evidence is so palpable and it's all around us, but somehow we still live in the bubble and I get it because we want to, right? Who wants to face this crap? It's dark, man. And nobody, nobody would wish this on their families or their kids. They, they want to live in a world that doesn't have those things, and they definitely want to raise their kids in the world that doesn't have those things. And I guess this is where I want to share my lens right now, and I realize I'm sounding pretty pessimistic and, and negative about it, but I cannot dismiss the fact that it's happening so much, so often, and all over the place in neighborhoods where you would be shocked. Because even then we think, and, and I've had some actual personal experience with this recently where you go into wealthy neighborhoods and nice areas and you think, ha, well, at least here, and I catch myself doing this. Well, at least that crap's not happening here. I couldn't and find that's, music well, at least here in your oh, man. music library. Siri? You can ask me to play a radio station <laughs> or ask for your music. That's hilarious. I had my laptop open and Siri thought I was talking to her. Sorry, guys. So you get thinking, well, okay, it's definitely happening in the bad neighborhoods. We'll stay out of the bad neighborhoods. As long as we live in good areas, it won't happen. And just recently, I was talking to a, a couple of police officers who were responsible for um, this, this, this trafficking and sex trafficking and sexual crimes in one of the wealthiest, nicest neighborhoods in the United States. And the stories, like these are first person stories, like that happened recently that would just make you sick. 
and and they wanted to, like they just want to shout that from the rooftops like are you kidding me that everyone thinks that oh because you know so and so that's famous or well known or in these important positions in business or government they have a house there and and they're like yeah that dude was involved and then oh it's just men you're like no it's those ladies too and and ladies are heavily heavily involved in human trafficking and and these bus these these total huge bus whether it's drugs or crime or or human trafficking they're happening all the time in some of the nicest areas in the nicest neighborhoods i i have personally been in some of those neighborhoods recently when i learned about bus that went down and they're like and I'm still shocked by them. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I thought those things would be happening, you know, over in that part of the city or that, you know, part of the area or in a different country. But they're happening right under our noses. And I, this is why it feels like a warning voice, gentlemen. And, and I genuinely want to raise a warning voice here. We have to. We absolutely must be more prepared ourselves, and we must prepare our children. I can confidently say that most of you and most of your children are grossly underprepared for what is happening and what's coming. And, and I don't want that to sound harsh or mean. I just want to be honest. And I'm concerned about it for myself, and I'm concerned about it for my kids. And we've been working on it for years deliberately because we've been traveling now for I can't I lost count I think like 16 years we've been traveling extensively and been in some of the poorest places in the world some of the worst places in the world and some of the best places in the world and we've we've seen this and so and again you guys know my story I was out on my own at 16 in rough rough areas just barely surviving so I, I grew up with some street smarts and again, you're like, well, okay, well, it's obviously influencing your paradigm, your perspective, and your reality. I'm like, yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. So there's, there's an academic side of this, which is great, and there's a street side of it, like street smarts. And we have to be able to see both. But we cannot dismiss just because so far maybe nothing bad has happened. But it, are you with me on this? Like... It would be unbelievably naive and stupid of us to think that it won't happen to us. That we can somehow just go through life and, and completely avoid it. I guess that's, that's where I'm coming from. And reading these great books from these really great thinkers and seeing the museums and traveling from countries and, and hearing reports of things that are happening real time and, and these big, big thinkers, guys who are so, so much more intelligent and brilliant than I am, they're seeing the big picture and the deep picture and they are raising a warning voice saying, whoa, 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 like, look at this. Look at When these indicators popped up in history, this is what happened. When these indicators popped up in other countries, this is what happened. And when they see those indicators happening, they're like, hey, guys, the exact same thing is happening. And yet so many of us are like that we want to stick our heads in the sand and pretend like for some reason that won't happen to us, that we're exempt. And we, and we want to believe that it's not happening. The reality is it's totally happening. In wealthy areas, in affluent areas, in educated areas, in, in very religious areas, 
when you when you find out the statistics, um, here's a, here's one for example of of rape in in predominantly Christian areas. It was one in four girls will be raped before the age of eighteen, and these are in predominantly Christian areas, right? Like good areas af- where there's a lot of affluence and education and good stuff. One in four, man. The, and, and even like the child uh, sex offender registry. You, you live in a nice area, you think, nah, not here. And then you get on that, you're like, oh my goodness. There's that guy down the street and that guy the other way down the street and then that person, you know, the street behind us and the block over. It's all over. So, like, what, what's the point? Why am I saying all this? Why am I sharing this? Why am I, <laughs> why am I ranting here, guys? Why, why am I sitting here like, what are you doing? What are we doing? Why am I talking about this bad stuff? Because it is legitimately, whether, we, whether we're ignorant of it or not, or whether we are willfully ignorant of it because we don't want to know, like, it, it doesn't care. It doesn't care, and it doesn't matter. It is happening in real time right now. These things are happening all around us. And and just as it is, we are likely to face it. We're likely to come across it or randomly just be a victim of it. There was a thing going around and, and it, it always changes, right? And it'll it'll get on social media, it'll be on Twitter, or Snapchat or whatever where these criminals will be like, hey, let's try this, let's try this. And and this was years ago, they were trying to do just this knockout videos. They would just randomly pick anybody on the street and walk out and try to see if they could knock them out cold with one punch. So you could just be strolling down the street, minding your own business, you are not involved, you're not in a bad area, you're not involved in any crime, you have no haters, and bam, somebody just comes and dislocates your jaw. Or, you know, I I read a book recently where it it was this mistaken, it was in this huge, huge mansion, super, super wealthy area in Florida, and supposedly the neighbor was deep in the drug cartels, and an enemy cartel wanted to, like, put a hit on that place. Well, the guys they sent out to put the hit on, five dudes, got the wrong house. And so, like horrible raping and just terrible, terrible things. And they caught a couple of the dudes and they're like, what was going on? And they're like, oh, oops, wrong house. Right? So, and again, and I'm purposely telling you some stuff and there's, there's things I'm holding back, like real stories that are just brutal, terrible. But this is happening every single day. In fact, uh, a woman gets raped in the United States every 68 seconds. So already while we've been in, you've been listening to this podcast, 30 women have been raped. And those are the ones that get reported. So the, the likely, again, I, I want to reemphasize it. Like if things just stay as they are, you're going to come across it. Whether it's you or someone else you witness, observe, you're there. I mean, there's something. But what I see, I, it's going to increase because the indicators are there. The division, the, the segregation, the animosity, the enmity, the, the polarization. We're just fighting 
over everything from politics to sports to whatever. Um, I recently read about these the, a coach and a dad of a little league sport. Their boys were out there playing, and the dad just got so angry, and the coach you know, fought back, and, and they were yelling at each other. Yelling. I mean, right there with all the kids watching and everything, and they both got so upset. They started throwing fists and, and punching each other, and the dad was a big dude, and so he just, you know, in a fit of anger, knocked him to the ground, was just punching him, well, when he went down, he hit his head and he was punching him, his face, and was punching him right into the concrete, and he killed him. Right there in front of the kids, and now he's, he's been in prison for a very long time. He, he murdered a guy at Little League because they were upset about how the practice or game was going. I mean, this, this stuff's crazy, and it's not, you know, you want to think, you, you hear stories like this, and you're like, geez, that's so far-fetched and so far out there, and like, that's crazy. We like, again, we just want to dismiss it. We want to dismiss it, like, that would never happen on my kid's team, and that would never happen in my area, and no way, that's, and it's just, that's just a random fluke, that, that won't happen. But there's story, endless, literally endless stories like this. We lived um, in a nice area in Georgia. And I trained in Krav Maga with a couple of guys that were on the SWAT team. There were SWAT team leaders out there. And they would come and, and tell me stories just that were happening nearby. Like <laughs> I lived in like kind of a semi-rural area, like super peaceful. And they're like, oh, yeah, man, just around the corner. A couple of guys came in with like AK-47s and lit up the entire apartment complex. And I'm like, wait, what? Like right here? He's like, yeah, and they had stories every time we met up. They had stories of crazy things happening like that. And again, you'll hear that story and be like, yeah, because that's you know that's that's over there, or that, oh yeah, that kind of stuff happens down there. It's happening everywhere. And I know, and I, you know, my guess is you guys listening to this, you know, because you're hearing it too, and you're hearing it in areas where there's more suicides and more murders and more rapes and more crime, and then you know maybe war coming or the a cartel or whatever. I, I don't know what it's going to be. And I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you go. I, I seriously do. I hope you go your whole life without experiencing this stuff. I really do. Genuinely. But the reality is, and I keep repeating myself on purpose here, it would be naive and stupid to not really seriously prepare ourselves and our kids. And, and not just like to defend themselves as they should be, but to be smart, to have some street smarts, to have confidence and competence, and to be super ready. So I guess this is where I, one of the things I want to really emphasize here. We, we're raising our kids, and we think they're ready. We want to think they're ready. Right? And, and you want, you're like, oh, my kids are good kids, and they're ready. Well, what are they ready for? Too often, they're ready for this this bubble. And, and again, I want to. I'm going to push here a little bit, if you'll let me. You you think no 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 my my kids they they know we've talked about the real world they know they know th- the evils out there and bad things no my kids are ready. Like I, it's the rarest thing 
to have a kid that's actually ready to succeed as an adult. And that's, that's outside of this conversation. A majority of young adults and youth are utterly failing to launch. And that failure to launch, that's, that's a term that psychologists are using and therapists are using because they're, they're not launching. They're not, they're not succeeding in the military. They're not succeeding in sports. They're not succeeding in university. They're not succeeding in jobs. They're not succeeding in marriage. They're not succeeding as missionaries. They're, they're just going back home in droves or they're, they're never leaving home. And, and they're failing to just function with just absolute confidence and competence. And I realize here, I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm raising the bar way, way up. I'm, I'm talking about, I want, if you're listening to this, like it's because you're, you're in the right space. And, and like I'm talking about our kids should be in the top 1% to 2%. I'm not talking about in general. I'm not talking about in like, okay, top 50%, top 25%. I'm talking about the top 1% to 2%. That's where I want my kids to be. And so not only do they have to be super ready for like whatever can happen in, in the workplace or in life or or crimes or fight or any kind of mayhem or crisis or, or medical emergency or whatever. And again, I like I'm sitting here saying I I'm thinking through this like I need to be more prepared. My kids need to be more prepared. They're not ready. And I've been working on this for years. I've been thinking about it for years and traveling extensively for years. And still, like I, I want to work on it more and I want to hone it in more. And I want to invite you to to partic- join me in that to get our kids to this. The, the top 1% where they're ready. And we have to honestly look at our kids. And, and this is hard. Because so, you look at kids, you're like, gosh, I love my kids. I'm so proud of my kids. And they're doing so many great things. And that is true. And that is wonderful. And that is awesome. Like, pl- just keep that up. Celebrate that like crazy. But take an honest, honest look at them. And if, if, they're, if they're timid or... Um, lacking confidence or competence in mindset or skill set or whatever it is you got to be honest man like if if they're timid and shy and reclusive or uh, you know not, not they, they struggle being present or being engaged or being confident or thinking uh, like in in safe places in in comfortable environments what would happen in all-out mayhem and chaos and craziness? How would they handle really, truly hard situations? Now, I, I realize I'm, I'm ranting here, gentlemen, because I've seen this stuff firsthand. And I keep seeing it, and I think we're going to see more and more of it. And, and we might be thinking, ah, oh, the likelihood of that ever happening is so low. Maybe, I hope so, but I doubt it. And, and again, we, we, we get a little bit, I'm going to be just totally honest here. We get a little bit delusional. And we start thinking, no, 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 I do hard things. And yeah, my kids, they do hard things. But our, our reality of what's actually hard is so skewed because our lives have been so easy and so convenient, we're, we're not even in touch with reality of what hard really is. And, and like this, this particular thing came up a lot in the, the books we re- listened to recently and the, the World War II 
um, locations we went to, especially the concentration camp and the Warsaw, the ghettos and the, the, the death marches and the things they went through and reading their stories and real accounts. Because we in those museums, you get to read so many personal accounts of what happened. And the hardest things I've ever done in my life just pale in comparison to the things they had to do. It's nothing. My life is easy and cushy and comfortable, and, and I thought I've done some pretty hard things. But when I get a reality check like that, it's like, wow. And then I take that, and you pass that on. The, again, I get, to work, I get to work with youth and families every single day and across five continents. And I get to lead trips. So I take families out, adults and youth. I get to see firsthand like how they handle things. And again, this is, this is my lens, right? I realize I'm looking through a particular lens, but this is the lens I get to see up close, taking youth and adults and putting them in situations where, man, they, they, they're struggling or they're not prepared. Or they, they just suck at making good decisions or keeping, you know, or processing their emotions or thinking clearly, or their health is just, just poor, or, or they're just weak. They, they just can't handle things physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And spiritually is another one, right? They're, they just have no foundation there. They go through the motions. They might even be very active in their church, but real deep spiritual development, it's just missing. Social skills, leadership skills, you with me? And again, I realize I'm talking, I'm, I'm inviting you to, to come up to the 1%. Like, chase that. Go with me there. That's what, that's what I'm shooting for. There's no way in the world I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm good with like 70%. You know, I'm not raising my kids to be, you know, that, that top 30%. We're, we're good. Like, no way. I'm shooting for the top, and I want to invite you to do the same. And, and not just to survive this crap, but to thrive and not just to take care of yourself and your family, but have resources enough and capacity enough to help a lot of other people as well. And, and look, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not there yet, but I'm going. And I've been working on it a lot. And, and I have my sights on it. And so that's why I want to share this. So I hope, I hope you guys can, can feel and sense what, I, what I'm saying here and how I'm trying to say it, how I'm trying to convey it. And, and hopefully I you know, shared a message in, in an adequately enough that like, you get what I'm saying. We have to level up big time. And what we thought was preparedness isn't. I know that's a bold statement. But from all I'm seeing and, and hearing firsthand, and across the globe, this isn't just one little isolated area or one little thing. And, and a lot of it is, is inside information that isn't shared publicly. It's, it's people in these fields of military or, or police or anti-human trafficking or drugs or whatever. You just talk to guys and, and they're not sharing anything that is classified, shouldn't be shared, but it's not things that are known publicly. But when you, when you see that and you hear it and you know what's going on, then, man, I just, with just total love 
and concern and, and genuine desire to help you and your families and, and my family as well be super prepared. I just can't emphasize enough. What we thought was prepared isn't even close. And our kids, we and our kids, have to be able to, at a minimum, handle emergencies and, and real trauma and true stress and chaos and handle the pressure. The very, the very as it, When I became an EMT, like the first day, they just showed us the most gory pictures they could find and videos because they wanted to get a reaction. And some people dropped out. The first day, they're like, I'm out. I, I, can't, even, I can't even look at that. I can't see this stuff. I'm out of here. And, and they have to filter like that. Like, look, if, if you can't even look at a picture, what's going to happen when you roll up on a real scene and there are body parts all over? You can't even keep your own crap together. And again, you think, oh, well, not, you know, it's not going to happen. I've gone my whole life without seeing things like that. Well, man, it's naive to think it's going to carry on like that. You're going to see stuff. And if things, even, you know, the indications or where they're leading, if they go anywhere near that, we're all going to be experiencing stuff like that. And it's happening in places around the world right now. It's a reality. So you can handle violence. Can you handle malevolence? Can you, can you look in that abyss? Can you defend yourself? Can you protect others? Can you keep your own crap together? Your mind in a solid place, your, your spirit, your emotions. Can you, can you handle the emotional demands of real, real intensity? Well, oh, here's an example that happened this week. Um, the organization I, I volunteer with their team went over to help with the, the earthquakes in Turkey. And those were absolutely devastating. Well over 40,000 confirmed dead. And entire city blocks just dropped. These apartment buildings just crumbled. And to go over there and, and f find the bodies and to be able to be prepared enough to have something to offer. Again, when I'm talking about preparation, are you prepared for life? Are you prepared for the real world? Do you have serious skills that make you an asset? Again, I'm talking about the 1%. Like, do you have something seriously valuable to offer? Or you're just a good person? And, and even like Jordan Peterson says, like, unless you've been tested and tried and really put to the test, you're not, you're not good, you're just naive. It's not good. It's it's and it's like and he actually says like it's weak. You're just weak. When you can get in a really truly difficult situation and keep your crap together and and be an asset and, and contribute real value without getting totally messed up, well you, then you're good. Then you're strong. Until then, it's all just pretend. And, and again, gentlemen, like. We, Myself included. I was out of my own at 16. I've, I've seen and experienced horrendous things. And still, I would say my life has been cushy and easy and comfortable. Even when I didn't have enough food, didn't have a place to stay. And I've been in some of the roughest places on the planet. And still, my life has been easy. And many of you are like that. Too. Your lives have been so easy. And so, again, I just want to raise this volume of voice. Like, we're, we're operating in a, like a, a fairy tale reality that has never c 
continued on for longer than a short period of time throughout all history. So why would we think it's going to keep going? And it makes us like naive people and people who think it's just going to keep being good and everything's going to keep working out. Those are the most vulnerable people ever. Those are the ones that are being taken advantage of. And the people who are kind of clueless and kind of naive and kind of defenseless and they're not, you know, really tough and, and gritty, those, you guys, I don't know how to emphasize this enough. Those are the ones who are being victimized, who are being raped, who are being taken into sex trafficking or just any form of human trafficking. Obviously, that's not always the case. They're, they're preying on everybody, but they're looking for vulnerabilities. They're looking for weaknesses. And the most vulnerable are, are often the, the most naive and, and clueless and unprepared. The, the less prepared we are, the more susceptible we are to be victimized. And to be unable to help when, when there's real need for help. Whoa, man, I just get fired up about this stuff. Because I want, I want to be able, to, myself, to be an asset, gentlemen. I want my children to be prepared and to be assets. And I still have a lot of work to do. And my kids still have a lot of work to do. And my guess is that you and your children still have a lot of work to do, too. And so that, that's why I wanted to pick this mic up and record this podcast was for this very reason to just to genuinely raise a warning voice and be like, let's go. Let's get serious about this. Do whatever you need to do to get ready holistically, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, financially, get it all in order. And if it never happens, fantastic. You were prepared. That's great. My guess is you'll have opportunities to help others. But I also suspect that rough times are coming. It, just purely as a historical perspective. <laughs> just that alone. If you just look at history, you're like, oh yeah, it's coming. That pattern has repeated again and again and again, and there's no reason to believe that it won't repeat. So just that historical perspective alone is evidence enough that rough times are coming and we need to be prepared. And the people who are more prepared do better. They get through it. So let's, uh, let's get after that. And again, this is a lot of stuff we cover in, in the Be The Man Masterclass and Tribe. We talk about getting the mind, body, and spirit dialed in and your marriage and your parenting, your family legacy, getting your finances dialed in, getting your whole life, well, I call it holistic optimization, right? Whole life optimization. Because the more optimized we are, the better prepared we are for whatever comes along. And that's what we need most. So thanks for listening, gentlemen. If you like this episode um, or, or any of the others, you like the podcast, go ahead, go ahead and leave a review and uh, share it. If, if, maybe you've had these conversations already. Maybe you've been thinking about this. Or maybe people you know, they mentioned it to you or they need to hear this. Share this episode with them and uh, share it with friends, family, colleagues. Let's get it out there. Let's get this mess out there so we can be prepared. And if, and again, if nothing ever happens, fantastic. We're prepared. But if it does, oh, even better because we're prepared. Love you guys. Be the man.